Welcome to the Young Adult Podcast, where we will be engaging in weekly conversations around the amazing, tough, fun, weird, but extremely important and defining season of your 20s, all while bringing you more of a biblical perspective. Our goal is to dive deeper into conversations that push you, challenge you, and hopefully inspire you to begin to walk in the fullness of who God created you to be, which we believe will make you the most effective for the kingdom of God. Let's jump into this week's episode. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. My name is Connor Grimm, and I will be one of your hosts today. Joining me live is your very own Whitney Bess. Whitney, let everybody know what's going on in your life. Hello, hello. What has been going on? Hey, we both got hobbies. We both got new hobbies. We do. I'm totally into pottery right now. Whitney got a pottery wheel. Yeah, Whitney Potter. My maiden name was Porter, so I feel like this was prophetic. That was meant to be. (laughs) Most people, I don't know, get random things for a hobby. Whitney buys a pottery wheel (laughs) and gets into pottery. And it's amazing. So fun. But what is your hobby, Connor? I just got my motorcycle license. So you might see me out there on a bike one day if I can afford it. What's your dream bike for the viewers? Man, I don't know. I want to get like a Honda CB 900 or something like that, and but mm. just totally customize it out. That, that'd be. But so like if you're an, a viewer and you have one, one hook Connor one. up. Yeah, hook me up. Run ministry salaries over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, today, um, Andrew is his family has been a little under the weather, so just to be safe, he's chilling at home. So you have Whitney and I, but today. Um, we want to do a, kind of a cool podcast, a, a little bit different than anything we've done before. Today, we're going to talk about the topic of what we wish we knew in our early 20s. So kind of this idea of if we could go back and give ourselves some advice, if we could go back and talk to ourselves and give us uh, our, our young selves some advice on what we wish we knew in our early 20s, what would we say? And so first, Whitney and I were were talking and we were like, you know, what are some things that we would share? But we were like, you know what would be more fun? Let's just cold call some of our friends, yeah. some people that we love, that we respect, that would have some really good wisdom, some really good insight into some different areas in your early 20s and yep. and kind of hear their heart. And so we've got a bunch of different topics we're going to talk about today, kind of in your early 20s, everything from what what advice would you give transitioning from college into the real world? How would you better steward relationships in your early 20s? How would you better steward your finances? What what do you wish you knew about marriage or dating in your early 20s? And so we are going to be flipping through our phone book, so to say, <laughs> Literally. our contacts, and making some calls to some people we love, we know, we respect, and hearing their heart for just a few minutes on maybe some advice they would give themselves. And so we are actually going to give our first um, interviewee a call Ooh, right should now. Should get him on the line? Get him on okay. the line. And let's okay. let the people, let's let the people meet him when he picks up. All right. He better answer. <laughs> What's up, Wet? Hi, Doug. Douglas Weckenman. What is going oh, on? Oh. You are on the podcast. Say hi to the viewers. Oh, hi, viewers. Hi, young adults. <laughs> I love all of you. Doug. And to kind of see you through. 
uh, the radio, the podcast. So <laughs> the podcast, the airwaves. Doug, yeah. how is this, this? Is actually the Young Adults podcast that I'm on right now. The actual. Feel yeah. honored. Do you feel like you've made it? Like you've arrived? Oh, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> Doug. How is uh? How's Texas? How's the weather? How's how's Will? How's life, man? Guys, it is uh It's just a good week. Um, this is the week that the weather is shifting in Austin. And Ooh. so it's been ridiculously hot um, since the end of June. And now it is low 70s and beautiful. And you know what? It will be now for the next seven months. And so wow. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is uh, what you pay the price for in summer. That's right. Is for this right now. So, Doug, I'll never uh, so, forget that moment when we were in Texas and we were eating tacos at what Pink Taco or something. something what was it called? Like that. Anyways, and we were outside at ten o'clock at night, and it was almost a hundred degrees. I was like, "Where? Yeah. am I? Yeah, yeah, right now. That yeah. was brutal. That was <laughs> that was. Uh, yeah, you guys were out here in August of last year, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that was that yeah. was pretty was gnarly. Brutal. Um, so, Doug, <laughs> we are today's podcast is kind of loosely titled "What I Wish I Knew in My Early Twenties," and so we're we're actually we broke out our Rolodex and we are going to be calling a bunch of people in our contacts and asking them okay. specific questions, kind of based around if you could go back and talk to yourself in your early twenties. What's some advice you would give you would give yourself? And we wanted to ask you specifically this question. We thought you could have some good, cool insight on this. Um, okay. What do you wish you knew in your early twenties about the transition from college into the real world? Maybe that's your first real job or your first, I don't know, moving out of your parents' house and kind of moving out of the state and, and doing life on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, you're no longer categorized in that student. You're, you're an adult now. You're a big boy and a big girl. If, if you could go back and talk to your early, just graduated young adult self, what is a piece of advice? What's something you would tell yourself um, that you wish you knew earlier? Okay, uh, that's a great question. I would say, and I'll kind of I'll go along with that verse, I don't even know where it is in the Bible, but it's don't despise the days of small beginnings. Oh, and Zechariah. I, would, I would tweak that a little bit. Is it Zechariah? Yeah. Look at you, it. Of course you know. <laughs> I just posted that on my story. That's how I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say don't despise the the early days in the real world when it's hard and it's not like what you dreamed and it's not like all the plans you made when you were in college because you graduate and then you get into the real world and it's exactly what it is. Okay. This is actually real. And, and it's going to take time. Um, in fact, it might take the entire decade of your twenties before things start looking like what you dream they would look like. And don't take that as a sign that something's wrong. Don't start panicking and thinking, um, Oh man, it should be farther along than I am. I'm checking Instagram and constantly comparing myself to everybody else's victories and, and I should be doing better than this, and I, I should be promoted more quickly, or um, even I'm not as passionate about this job as, as maybe I should be passionate about a job. I, I really believe, like, 
you know, even when it comes to how much you just fall in love with what you do, um, mm-hmm. I feel like, and, and there's always exceptions to this, and if it goes quicker for you, then praise God. That's awesome. But a normal timeline, I would say, it might be that that happens when, in your 30s. Yeah. When you really start to find your groove and you can step back and say at the end of the day, I was made for this. God built me for this. I come alive at work. Um, yeah, that's yeah I just started saying that. And I haven't been able to, you know, in the past decade since graduating college. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I, I think we start to panic because we realize I'm driving home after work or I'm shutting my computer working from home and I can't honestly say I was made to do this. Um, that will come. Mm-hmm. I really believe. And I think your 20s um, have a lot more to do with preparation and a lot more to do with trying your strengths and, and trying different things and figuring out what you love and there's no rush. I think the biggest thing you can believe is that there's some kind of timeline you need to be sticking to and everybody else is going faster than you. Um, I think that is the ultimate robber of your presence in the moment and actually enjoying the, the time of your, of your life that is your 20s and, and making that transition from college to the real world that is so stressful for so many people but can be so awesome if you just kind of take a deep breath and relax and realize I don't got to be there yet. I yeah. can take the, the scenic route. I mean, there's, there's really, I think the only you get and realize there's really no such thing as a destination anyway. And so yeah. if I can enjoy the journey and enjoy the trip, um, and even if you, you don't drive home at night thinking I was made for this, but you find a way to be present and find joy and peace, man, you've got like 98% of your peers beat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doug, and if so, you could be, uh, if you could be vulnerable, um, and I could ask you this question, um, what is like one part of your twenties that you're like, gosh, I wish I was further along here. And you don't have to answer this question, but I'm just curious, like that you wish you were further along and that God really did speak this into your heart, this message of don't be in a rush. Is there like a moment in time that you had, or maybe like an experience or an opportunity that you wish you had? Um, yeah. And you know what? God actually reversed it on me because at the time that I graduated college, I always dreamed of being really far along financially as fast as possible. (laughs) And I honestly was never in any kind of rush to be far along as far as a marriage goes or, uh, having kids or starting a family. Mm -hmm. And I was on track for, you know, my, my dream was I was on track for med school, had that all set up, wanted to be an orthopedic hand surgeon, just had my, my career route, and especially as far as, like, finances go. I always mm-hmm. dreamed of just being able to, um, you know, pay for everything for everybody and never have to worry about uh, money for the rest of my life. And yeah. that has just always been something that uh, has, I mean, and it's just because of ministry, but that called me out of this world and into a different world where that where the money part is not something that comes with quitting. Um, and so if I'm being vulnerable, I'll look around sometimes at my peers and at my friends, people I graduated college with, and they'll be doing jobs where they'll be, you know, bringing home huge paychecks. And part of me at the end of the day will think, I, I could be doing that. And you know what? I think I could be doing that even better if I had stuck to that route. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I've also found um, 
God has just done nothing but um, take care of me and take care of my family. And honestly, my hands are a lot more open on mm. money than they used to be. I, that probably would have been my advice. And now it's something that just did not grip me at all. And yeah. so I'm learning awesome. to just trust God and think it'll come when it comes. Um, not that God always looks at the one thing that could be your vice or your crutch and says, I'm going to delay getting that to you. Not that he always does that. Um, and not that that was God's plan with taking me into ministry. I don't think it's about avoiding something as much as it is. I want to take you in something that's called you and, and you're going to do this and you're going to come alive doing it. Um, but I don't know. I, I know for a lot of people, they would treat a family or marriage the same kind of way. And, and it drives them crazy, the fact that that's not happening as quickly as they want it to. And, mm-hmm. um, and I would just say, my gosh, the things, I, I, I've been learning this in COVID, and I think this quote will help make sense of everything I just said, but you enjoy things more when you need them less. Mm-hmm. You yeah. enjoy things more when you need them less. That's and, really good. Yeah, and I, I think in the 20s, like if, if getting married is something that you crave and desire uh, and it's longer than you want it to, I think by then you'll need it less and so you'll enjoy it more. Yeah. You'll, you'll need it to complete you less, you know? I think when you, when you live a life of generosity and trust God with open-handedness of a paycheck, I think you need it less and you start to enjoy it more. Um, I feel like I enjoy all these things more now than I probably would have because of these lessons I've learned. And so don't despise uh, it taking longer than it should. Um, and don't despise not having something that maybe a peer has. Um, and, and enjoy the journey. Enjoy the process. Um, we're all moving forward. And and once again, you know, we live in the, the culture that is, it's the human race but it actually is the race of human beings. We're mm-hmm. all racing each other and people are exhausted. And the real winners, the ones that have it all figured out, they have it all figured out are the ones not who are closer to the destination, but the ones who are just content in God and just happy with life, even though there's a lot they don't have um, and how possible that actually is to do and to find it. Um, <laughs> I'm like, those are the, those are the people smarter than all of us. And yeah. so I want to, I want to take their advice and, and learn how to do that. I feel like that is a mindset that is learned yeah. and, um, and it's not something any of us are just good at automatically. Um, so practice it in your twenties. Dude, that's so good. so good. Doug, thanks so much for answering your phone for uh for helping us out on this podcast for giving people some of your thoughts i think that's so good don't despise the day um of small beginnings uh that's that's awesome and couldn't Mm -hmm. be more true so doug we love you so much thanks for giving us a piece of your time love you can't wait to have you in the studio bye i will (laughs) see you man all right. Well, what an awesome piece of advice to to think about. Yeah, I think so often, like he said, we're in college. That's kind of when we don't have tons of responsibilities mm-hmm. and we have all this free time to dream and yeah. and we're studying about like our dream career. Mm-hmm. And then we get out of college and we're like, wait, I'm waiting tables again. Yeah. Or, you know, like I'm I'm working at the gym again or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it I'm is. In my parents' basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think I think what Doug said is so true. Um 
there's something special that you look back on. And I mean, I'm, I'm not even close to arriving, but mm-hmm. even from where I was when I started out, um, you look back on those days of just getting by, you know, mm-hmm. like scraping, scraping all the money you have together and seeing God show up. Um, and it's cool. You see God's faithfulness and his hand yeah. kind of carry out, yeah. um, you know, more and more in your life. Yeah. And I love how Doug talked about the financial piece that I think that's like a perfect segue to our next guest. What do you think? Yeah, I think that'd be an incredible segue. Um, we are going to give another friend a call and um, kind of ask him what some advice he would give um, dealing with finances in your early 20s. And so let's uh, let's give him a ring. Hello? Cameron. Cameron Cathcart. You're on the Young Adult Podcast. Say hi. All right. Hello, everybody. (laughs) Guys, this is Cameron Cathcart joining us uh, from just outside St. Louis, Missouri. Cam actually um, used to help in our sports league at Red Rocks. Then he became our Lakewood youth pastor. And just recently, over the past few years, moved back home to help with his dad's church uh, right outside St. Louis and has recently gotten in to real estate and doing some cool things financially. So, um, Cam, how is how is Missouri treating you? Dude, Missouri, uh, Missouri in and of itself is definitely not Colorado. Uh, <laughs> I, will say, I will say that. Uh, I miss Colorado. I miss the weather. I miss the people. Um, but we, we got to move home. We got to be close to the family. Um, so it's been great. It's been great all around. That's awesome. So Cam, today we're actually doing a podcast a little bit different. Um, normally Andrew, Whitney, and I talk about a subject or we might interview somebody today. We just thought we would break out our contact list in our phone and give some friends a call and ask them. We're kind of on this, this topic of what I wish I knew in my early twenties. Um, and so I kind of wanted to ask you this question because this has kind of been, a bigger part of your life, especially in, in more recent years, um, kind of revolving around finances. Uh, if you could go back and talk to young Cameron Cathcart, you know, 20 to 22 year old Cam Cathcart, what what advice or what um, what would you go back and tell your younger self about what to do with your finances, stewarding your finances, especially in a season where you might not have you know, as much money as, as you want to have in your life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, great question. Uh, I, so if I were to be able to go back and tell, you know, 20 to 25 year old Cam, um, some tips, one thing I would tell him is do not buy that $35,000 Jeep all the time. That's a really <laughs> yeah. bad idea. End up but it was it so cool. Later. It was so cool. It was awesome. But yeah. you're going to end up selling that a year later your for Jeep, a, a $15,000 right? loss. Oh, <laughs> dude, that thing was beautiful. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would tell him, definitely don't do that. Um, and, and then, you know, uh, all, all of the, the things that, that everybody's probably heard before, but it's so true. You know, when you're 20 to 25 years old, you don't think that saving money matters. You don't, you don't even think through, like, the, the law of compounding interest. Um but, but the reality of it is, is if you start putting money away, even if it's a uh, hundred bucks a paycheck when you're 20 years old, all this that balloons into uh, uh, a pretty huge amount by the time you're 30. And then by the time you're 50, 60 and retiring, 
that uh, that has ballooned up a ton. Um, so I, I would I would say also start saving. Um, younger camp did not save a penny. Um, <laughs> he he did not save at all, and so I would tell I would tell myself to start saving. Um, what would you? And then, oh yeah, go ahead, Kim. What would you tell somebody like? you know, with social media, with Instagram and everything, um, we live in such a world where image is so prevalent. Like, you know, to have the new clothes, the to new shirt. To have the shirt. Jeep Rubicon. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like, you know, our, our younger attendees, you know, early 20 people that are listening to this podcast, there's a real pressure in life to keep up with the Joneses. Um, I don't know. Could you just maybe speak to that thought of people that – you know, are spending a ton of money on keeping up their image over maybe setting themselves up for a better future down the road. Oh, 100%. I mean, cause when, so, so for instance, when, when I moved to Colorado, I had all of my friends back in Missouri and I moved to Colorado in what, 2000 and 2012. Um, uh, but I was friends with everybody on Facebook and on Instagram. And I hate to admit this, but one of one of the reasons I bought that, that Jeep, I got a, I got a Husky and I bought a Jeep and took the top off. And I took so many pictures of me in that Jeep with my Husky. I wanted everybody to know, like, look, I've made it. I've figured it out. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and it was so stupid. Like the reality of it is none of that stuff even matters at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so you, you feel this pressure from, from, from honestly, from Instagram and from friends to, to make everybody feel like you are doing something in life, like you are successful in life. And, um, and honestly, it, it, it doesn't matter. Five years down the road, 10 years down the road, you're going to look back at it like I do right now and be like, that was the dumbest thing I've ever done, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and now I'm completely content driving a 2004 Toyota Corolla with 200,000 miles on it that dies at every stoplight. Amen. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just so important to, to know that all that stuff is fleeting. Like uh, Instagram picture is not worth going into debt over, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. dude, that's so good. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Well, Cam, thanks for yeah. answering your phone. Um, thanks no, for- No problem. Oh, I've got, so I've got one other thing too. This oh, is big. Let and us I hear know it. This is, cliche. this is super cliche, but when we were living in Colorado, um, my wife and I, we were spending, you know, $20,000 a year on childcare and other- you know, crazy amount on our mortgage and we were barely getting by. And I remember sitting down with a guy who's way smarter than I am. And I was like, dude, how do I, how do I make things work? We're living paycheck. We're actually living below paycheck to paycheck. We're losing money every month. And he asked me if I was giving to the church. And I was like, I, I had to be honest. And I was like, no, I, I stopped because I can't afford to live right now. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, just test God. I said, I know that sounds weird, but test God, give more than you can to the church. Like take your tithe and double it. Um, and it's going to hurt. Just test God. And no joke in about a month after I I wrote that first tithe check back to the church, um, I had been given about 15 grand from Mm. different people. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was crazy. Like my wife was, working in the barbershop and somebody was moving from Wisconsin and had, uh, was downgrading from a 5,000 square foot house to 1200 square foot townhome. And they said, I have a storage shed that I was just going to donate, but you can take everything and sell it. We had like seven grand from that. We had a couple of friends that just 
randomly blessed us. It was, it was absolutely amazing. So that, I mean, I know that's cliche to say, but um, especially for your, when you're in your young twenties, like start that, start giving right now, you know, don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't wait till you're financially stable. Like start, start giving right now, start testing God right now. That's so good. That's awesome. Well, dude, thanks yeah. for your time. Thanks for your wisdom. If, if young Cam would have listened to that, you know, maybe you would be <laughs> yeah. on a yacht right now somewhere in Lake oh. of the Ozarks. <laughs> That's why God hasn't given me a hundred million yet. Cause I'd have a, I'd have a yacht. I'd have a jet. Yeah. I'd have a mansion in, in Hawaii. And just blow. Hey, Cam! I have to say this too. Cam has saved a lot of money in church merch. You have Cam's, oh, Cam's whole man. wardrobe is Red Rocks Church swag. Oh, I swear! I'm wearing a church hat, a church shirt, and a church jacket right now. That's awesome. I yeah. can't. Cam, thanks so much for your time. We love you. Thanks right. for being we a part of the you. podcast. Give your babies a squeeze. We'll see you guys. Bye. See ya. Bye. I think that's such good advice. I yeah. think more than ever, probably um, in our world, there is such a pressure to feel um, like you have to keep up. Mm-hmm. Like never before have you had access to what people portray as their everyday life, mm-hmm. you know, and like the perfect outfit, the perfect lighting. And it can make us feel this pressure that we've got to spend what we're earning right now mm-hmm. to uh, to have that kind of life. Yeah. You know, but I think if we can live within our means, even live below our means and and put money aside, I mean, you know, you just have it set up mm-hmm. for when you actually need it mm-hmm. and you don't need to be in those new shoes or that new shirt or, or maybe that motorcycle that I'm eyeing down. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know. I love he, that he briefly mentioned tithing, too. Yeah. Because I think as a church, we can kind of shy away from that topic. A lot of churches can because it might feel a little televangelist. Give me all your money and you'll be blessed. But I really love that his story, that is the God that we serve. Yeah. Is that he does say, test me in finances. Yeah. And like I'll pour out like storehouses in heaven um, and treasures in heaven. And so I know for me and me and Conrad's life, we have very similar stories set. Like I heard a preacher once say, like, if God can give it to you, he can give it through you. Yeah. And that's, I, that's something really that good. me, yeah, me and Conrad, we love um, being generous. And because yeah. we ourselves get stuff from God that we're like, wow, we do not deserve this, earn this. What? Like it always feels like, yeah, it is a, a test. And anyways, I love that he said that. Yeah, that's that's really good. So now we're going to transition a little bit to relationships because let's be honest, that's what everyone wants to talk about. And there is a girl on staff. She is the best. If you don't know her, she's amazing. Miss Lauren Bond. And we're just going to ask her about what she, give us some marriage advice, give us some dating advice, some relationship advice. Young Lauren would have known in her early 20s about dating, marriage, um, all of it. So, so let's give her a ring. Let's what do you if, say? See if she's there. Fingers crossed. All right. Hello, hello. Lauren, Lauren hello. what is up? Hi. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. You are on the Y podcast. And can you just give um, the listeners a little bit about you and your story and what you do at the church? Sure. Hi, guys. My name is Lauren Vaughn, and I do campus operations at our Littleton campus. Um, I am Wisconsin-born, but raised in Colorado, so Littleton is my home. And, yeah, I um, 
I don't know. What else do you want me to say? What else do I do? What else do I do, guys? You do a lot. <laughs> you're, you, um, <laughs> you are a boss, but you also are very direct. I think you're an eight on the Enneagram. So I you, <laughs> yes, don't spare any punches. Okay, Lauren? <laughs> okay. So we're going to ask you, man, when you were in your early 20s, I know a lot of young adults are in their early 20s listening to this. Yeah. And yeah. a big question, especially for females, is... What is some advice? Give us some dating advice. You're the sage. Okay. I feel okay. so. What do you wish you knew in your 20s about dating? Okay. So my story is slightly different um, because I actually was engaged at 18 and married at 19 and having wow. babies at, I think Felicity was born when I was 22. Um, so when no I, was, time. Yeah, I, no time. I did not waste time when you, and maybe that is the eight in me when you know, you know, you just handle it and move on. Like yep. this is what we're doing. We're marching forward. <laughs> so yeah, we celebrate, um, actually 18 years of marriage this That's next month. Awesome. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, looking back, um, Brent and I did not date for very long, but I do have some advice to give. Yes, it's here. Um, okay. <laughs> so, you know, one thing that most people are going to tell you, especially in the Christian realm, which is very true, and I can honestly say this is a fact for me, if you do not have God and your relationship with the Lord as a common denominator at the very start and the foundational forming times of your relationship, um, gosh, I don't think Brent and I, there's no way we would have made it. Yeah. Um, over 18 years, you go through a lot of really good times and a lot of really bad times. And without that, um, there's no way we would be standing right now. Mm -hmm. And I think coming to the realization that when you choose to marry somebody, um, you can't, you, you can't change them. Yeah. That's not your job. Your job is not to enter into a marriage thinking, Oh, well, we can work on this stuff later and we'll fix that down the road. Um, that is never going to be the case. Like if you cannot stand at the altar and look at your spouse and accept them 100% for who they are in that moment. Mm -hmm. um, you have no business standing at the altar and saying vows to that person. You can't commit to a marriage to somebody that is figurative and really truly doesn't exist yet. Um, so good. But also realizing that when two very broken people come into marriage, like obviously it's not going to be perfect. And I was like raised on Disney princesses. So I grew up <laughs> thinking that it was going to be castles and diamonds in the skies and frolicking through forests all day long and <laughs> yep. bliss all the time. Obviously that was shattered really quickly. <laughs> but there's something really beautiful about agape love in a marriage, you know, that mm -hmm. all consuming, never ending, never failing love when you can truly look at your spouse and love them the way God loves them, um, despite, but again, like I see so many young people dating, um, getting engaged and entering into marriage with this idea that I can fix that or I can mm. change that. Yeah. And it's, there's so much unhealth in that. Yeah. That's so good. That is what so would good. you, what would you say to, um, that's so good for marriages, future marriages. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. what would you, what advice do you give though? Felicity when she's like, <laughs> I want to date this boy and, and given she's in high school, so it might change yeah. a little bit, but what would you give advice to her? Like be a strong female or what, what do you say? Yeah. Yeah. So she's 15 and she's had lots of little 
relationship. Some, <laughs> she said she has called her one true love. You know, she's <laughs> had all those types of things at like, you know, 14. Yes. But um, my thing is, is I say, Felicity, can you be your absolute truest self when you're with that person? Yeah. Are you the absolute best? Felicity that you can be when you're talking with them, when you're hanging out with them? Do you tend to like ship shape, if you will? Like, are you trying to be somebody that you're really not? Mm. Um, And, and also to be confident to the point where if you're not feeling it, um, it's okay to step away. It's okay to walk away and not feel, I feel like sometimes at least I was raised you date to marry, period, end of story. If mm. you can't see yourself marrying that person, don't even entertain it. But one thing that I've kind of changed a little bit mm. in my perspective is she's learned so much about relationships, even at yeah. this young age, of how to communicate, how what works, what doesn't work. How do you want to be treated? Oh, I don't want to be treated like that. Okay, now you know. That's the red flag. If you start seeing that, it's time to get out. And it's been really interesting to see her confidence grow as a Christian girl, young, um, growing and what do I deserve? You know, Mm -hmm. I don't deserve to be treated this way. This is unhealthy and I'm unhealthy when I'm with that person. And I think learning those lessons has been really valuable for character building for her. That's so good. That oh, is so Lauren, good. That is so yeah. good. A true queen. Is there anything oh, final thanks. final statements? <laughs> I mean, if you're on this road, my Oh. Oh. Uh-oh. Hang on one second. We're doing this live, folks. We're do- oh, hey, I got to love all the tech notes. Okay, sorry. I think it, I think you tried calling me back. But Ooh, we'll, okay, sorry. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. So we'll just Milana will cut that. Um, okay. So great. just go back to like answering the question that I just asked you. Any final statements? Yeah, I was just gonna say if you're dating, um, you know, long to be dating or long to have that relationship, don't allow it to become an idol in your life. You know, you have to keep. God first and foremost. And I promise you, like he will work it out. He will bring that person along in his perfect timing. And one thing that I started doing when I was really young was I started praying for my spouse and I didn't know who he was. I didn't know where he was. I didn't even know, you know, if I knew him or if he was even alive at the time, I, I just started praying for my spouse at a really, really young age. And I would encourage anybody to start doing that now that mm-hmm. God would be preparing him and protecting him or her. Um, and that God would prepare you and protect you for that relationship. And dating is so fun and marriage is so beautiful when it's done, when it's done right and when it's Holy Spirit led. So best to you all. It's a fun adventure. Yes. Uh, well, Lauren, thank you so much for your time. Um, if you are a young adult listening to this, uh, Lauren has had the opportunity actually to speak at young adults a few times. I would encourage you go listen to her message, um, her inner messages. She is a phenomenal speaker, mm-hmm. communicator of the gospel. And if you go to the Littleton campus, especially yes. if you are a yeah. female in your twenties, 
seek her out, find her, mm-hmm. take her to coffee, buy her lunch, <laughs> spend some time I'll with buy her. Because <laughs> um, she's she's seriously one of the best people um, yep. in the world, on our staff. She's incredible. So, mm-hmm. Lauren, thank you, thank you so much for giving us some of your time, for, for speaking yeah. into what young Lauren would have liked to know about yeah. relationships and marriage. Um, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Yeah. Love, Love you. you take care. Bye. Bye. Right, bye. Man, anytime Lauren speaks, it's just incredible. Like, yeah, it just hits you in a different way. Yeah, I don't know why. And you believe it. You're like, yes, I do receive that word. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think one thing I really resonated um, that she said was, "Can you be your truest self?" Yeah, I know for me, um, as an Enneagram Four, uh, <laughs> I can be weird sometimes. You're a roller coaster. I, yeah, I can be. I can be you know, the life of the party one minute, and then I can be like secluded in my little emo corner. Um, <laughs> With your basketball blanket. <laughs> yeah, 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 the next. And so I one thing, and it's so true, and I don't know if I would have had the words for it, mm-hmm. um, when I met Aaron and when I started, you know, dating Aaron and falling in love with her, I felt like she could allow me to be yeah. my, my truest self. And not mm-hmm. that Every time I'm emotional, it's perfect, and she just needs to deal with it. Right. But, but she gave me that space to not feel like I had to change or to even work through some yeah. of the things. And so that's such sound and good advice is obviously the first thing she said, find somebody that loves Jesus yeah. that you have that common ground with, and then find somebody that allows you to be yourself and allows yeah. you to work out yourself because mm-hmm. like she said, when you enter a relationship, both of you are broken. Yeah. Both of you bring things into that relationship that are amazing mm-hmm. and that need work. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like you have to present this perfect image of who you are all the time, you're just going to be exhausted. Yeah. That that entire relationship. That's so good. And that dating doesn't have to be so serious. I love yeah. that she said that too. Christian yeah. dating, especially Christian girls, ladies, just go to coffee. It's just yeah. coffee. You're not walking down the aisle. This is not your wedding day. So just have fun. That's what I always tell girls when they're like, should I date him? Should I go to coffee with him? Yes. Just go and have fun. You can always say no later. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, this next person that we're going to talk to here in a few minutes that we're going to call, hopefully, the answer. Yep. Um, we are going to talk to about what they wish they would have known when they were younger in their early 20s about influence mm-hmm. um in such this, an important question in this culture we live we live in a time a day and age where anybody from their phone mm-hmm. can have hundreds if not thousands of followers and and honestly they can really lead and direct people mm-hmm. um and that's why it's called influ- influ- yeah. influence their decisions in life and mm-hmm. i think as young adults um we feel this tension maybe this pressure that we need to have influence we mm-hmm. need to have followers. And I think uh, this next person that we're going to call has some really good and some cool, unique insight on this. And um, it's just going to be fun to hear what he has to say about what he would have told his younger self. All right. About let's this. get him let's, on the line. Let's give him a call. There will be breakthroughs. Yes. <laughs> Corey that was the Miller. best. What's Way up, to guys? intro. Yes, Corey. Good. Good. Oh, Give us a little sneak peek for the next album. 
What can oh, we expect? Wow. Just diving in deep from the <laughs> get-go. Um, you know what? We are, this is like day 15 in the studio straight. Wow. So we are neck deep, but it's, oh my gosh, I'm super excited about the songs. They feel, they feel like our church. They feel like our family. And, and the crazy part is most of the songs are written during this coronavirus situation. And so they also feel a bit prophetic and a bit like, uh, healing. That's so good. So I'm really, really, really excited for this next project. That's That's awesome. Well, Corey, thanks for being a part of the YA podcast. Yeah. Oh, guys, I miss YA more than most human beings, which is weird because it's full of humans. Yeah. (laughs) We miss it a ton. Um, Hey, so today we're actually, we've we've kind of opened up our phone and have been calling some people and asking them sort of this question of, man, what do I wish I knew uh, in my early 20s? Like if I could go back and tell myself... (laughs) When I was a little younger, um, you know, a piece of advice on a certain yeah. s- subject or situation, this is what I would tell myself. And so we we kind of thought of you at, um, for a very kind of specific question, and I think Whitney's going to hit you with it. And we'd love to just hear if you could go back in time or, or even speaking to our younger young adult audience, you know, people just graduating college, um, you know, into their early 20s what you would what you would say to this yeah so we are talking to you today about influence and I know that's like you have a cold sweat right now because you don't want to be seen (laughs) as that but however you do you have a ton of influence and what most young adults would see as the dream like you're on a record label you are at a big church you have a platform you have a social media following and so I guess my a lot of viewers probably won't know that you actually came from a really small town um, leading a church in Mississippi, but also you're from Oklahoma. And so you're, you had small beginnings, um, one would say. And so if you could go back um, a few years ago and tell yourself before all this huge journey of Red Rocks Church and the record label and all these things, what would you tell yourself um, back in the day, small town? Mm. Well, I think it should be it should be started that I could fill a couple journals uh, with a laundry list of things to not do. Right, <laughs> so, couldn't we all? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I think the the funny thing about the word influence to me is like I I lose bets and have to like for a day put influencer on my Instagram because I just so despise that word and what it. Yeah. Not not the actual word, but what it's kind of been weaponized to mm. turn into. Mm-hmm. It's it's turned from influence being this like carefully stewarded gift from God, mm-hmm. and it's turned into a click, yeah. and it's it's been cheapened. I think. Um, so the, I I don't actually hate the word influence. I I um, there's a there's a war for the word influence. I think. Yeah. Um, so, um, man, I think probably I, where I would start is you're right. I'm, I was like raised on a farm <laughs> with, <laughs> with seven siblings and we wrestled and fought and bailed hay and mm-hmm. had broke chickens. horses. And yeah, we had chickens. I hate chickens <laughs> I hate them more than sin itself. <laughs> They're evil. <laughs> Whitney, you have like five chickens and I just hate them. I'm you sorry. love them. You love them. Oh man, I have a distinctive memory. This is graphic for the people in YA that can't handle this, but I have a distinctive memory of my great grandma 
showing me how to kill chickens because oh, wow. we would eat them. Oh, no. <laughs> if PETA is tuning into this, they are livid with me. <laughs> but anyway, all that to say, um, yeah, I'm, I'm like from super small town, really small church. When I got saved, I was part of this tiny Assembly of God church, and um, that comes with its own perspective and own lens. Mm-hmm. So I think I remember growing up and just feeling this like I would always I, I it's funny I can go back and look through my journals and be like I would write about this dream this mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. vague kind of mystical dream of like recording and writing and being a part of something bigger than my small small understanding of what church was and it's interesting that I wish I could go back and talk to myself and be like, dude, just maybe don't take yourself so seriously and just mm-hmm. let, let life do what life does work really hard and, and make sure that you don't cut corners and be known as someone who is stable and consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think influence is not like popularity. Popularity most of the time is unearned and it's just, looks based or um like circumstantial mm-hmm. and i think influence is oftentimes hard won and hard fought and warred over influence happens when you prove yourself to be consistent yeah. and um that's really and reliable good. yeah that's so, really good and i and i think honestly guys to that point that's why i don't love this like culture of like I'm an influencer I'm an influencer mm-hmm. most of the time people that like claim that as their like number one title not not always this is like a could be very rude to somebody who takes it very seriously but but I, th- I think what I've observed is most of the time influencers are actually just trying to like have enough people tell them that they're okay mm-hmm. and that they're validated and that they're they're a desirable person and man, I feel like that is, that's why I don't love the word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and Corey, yeah. I love that you said, um, just be consistent. And I know the one thing that I have seen in your life and what is so special, I think with the influence that you do have is that you are like, I remembered when you first came on staff and you were from that small church and we were meeting for youth in a little tiny little barn and you were making tracks for our youth ministry for seven children seven kids (laughs) the same that you would for this album recording and the way you would work and the way you show up the way you lead teams is the same and I think God honors that that you are so humble and that's kind of what I wanted um viewers to see that you're not this like ethereal worship leader on a stage on a platform that's like everyone listen to me you have Mm. the humility of serving the lord in all ways it's not one opportunity better than the other um so i just love that about you um thanks winnie yeah you know (laughs) and and to that point let me let me just like give context to that because I, i i i don't think you know i everybody has their demons and everybody has their war yeah. What's that like incredible Mother Teresa quote? Like, don't judge anybody. You don't know the war they're going through every day. Sure. Something to that effect. Everybody has something. Um, so, you know, where, 
where one person, their, their big war and their big fight is just needing to be accepted. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've never quite felt that. Um, mm-hmm. if I'm honest with you, I've never, I've never needed to feel validated by, um, people. I, I will say that a, a big fight that I fight is not feeling enough and not feeling like it's, it's probably some of the reason why I work so hard and, and really, really try to do my best every time I have an opportunity is because maybe on some level, there's a part of me that recognizes the gift of God and, mm. and on some deep level just doesn't, I don't feel like I deserve it or, or that I, I'm going to steward it well enough or mm. that I've done enough to earn that. Yeah. Um, and so uh, maybe to your original question, another, another thing I wish I could tell myself, Hey, really spend time to study what God sees, what Jesus paid for, what, mm-hmm. <clears throat> what the world is, is so desperate for in you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could write myself that kind of a letter and be like, Hey dude, um, you're not perfect, but nobody is. Yeah. Good news is like, the gifts of God and the love of God are irrevocable. And so you, you have, you have a, like a freedom to, to relax in them and to take a breath and mm-hmm. operate in them because they're a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. Um, Corey, you know, like Whitney was kind of saying, um, you, you know what it's like in the trenches of, you know, a smaller church and then to, to some people's um, idea of success or whatever you've, you've kind of arrived in a way of like when he said, you're able to do those things you dreamed about. You're, you're on a recording. Um, you know, you get to lead worship and lead a church and lead hundreds, if not thousands of people every weekend in worship. Um, and I think that for some of us, especially those in our young twenties, we think that there, that there is like an arriving point. Mm. Um, do you, <laughs> I guess, let me ask you this, this will sort of be the last question as we wrap up. Do you feel like, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe could you speak to that? Like I've arrived or is it life just this journey of saying yes to God and following him in different seasons? I don't know if that makes sense, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll say this. If, if I've arrived, I have a very, very boring 60 some odd years. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And you guys know me well enough to know I'm like a tornado person. So (laughs) I'm, I'm always looking, I'm always like, I'm always searching for like, God, what are, you, what are you doing next? Like what, I'm going to work really hard right now, but like what's, what, what needs to be worked on and what needs to be perfected and what needs to be, what needs to like be drilled. Um, it's really funny because you know, those like really embarrassing, you set up your Google account and you just never know that like in 10 years, you're just going to shake your head and be like, Oh my God, what was I thinking? <laughs> but I, you know, like you're like security question, you log in or like, <laughs> yeah. One of them, one of them says, and it happens every time. I think it's the Lord, like, just kind of like laughing and nudging me. But one of them is like, what's your dream job? And it's a security question. And others are like, like, what's your favorite topping? And I mind pepperoni. And so I'm like, I'm getting hacked <laughs> for sure. I'm about to get everything stolen. Yeah. But no, like, yeah. But like one of them is like, what's your dream job? And it's so funny. I have to like embarrassingly, like, humiliatingly type in recording artist. You know, that, <laughs> when I, when I was like 20 years old, I was like, that's, that's it. If I can do that, I have made it. And the funny thing is like, I came to 
Red Rocks Church and my first year on staff were like, okay, so we're doing a, we're doing a record forever. We're recording. And I, I remember like after making that, that album and putting it out, I was logging into Google and it was like, what's your dream job? And I had to like, seriously, like embarrassingly be like recording artist. And there was a moment where I was like, oh my God, have I peaked? This yeah. is the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Nothing now. Cause that was my dream job and I've already done it. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I mean, Connor, it's, I think life is just really, really cool experience. You get one, mm-hmm. but you get one to like shake hands with what you love to shake hands with what you are embarrassed about. The whole thing is this journey of like learning, mm. um, at least in my experience and in my perspective is that the, my whole life is going to be this ebbing and flowing and pushing and pulling of like, this is who I am, but this is who I want to be. And, mm. and both are great. And both are like loved in the sight of God. Um, both hold value and who I was 10 years ago doesn't, isn't less important or less validated than who I am now and who I am now isn't less important than I'm going to be in 20 years. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I think there's so much to look forward to and there's so much of like recognizing, like I seriously, I can't stress this enough, cannot do this on my own. (laughs) I need you, Jesus, always. So Mm -hmm. yeah, man, I hope I haven't arrived. That'd be real boring. (laughs) Well, Corey, thanks so much for your time. Um, thanks so much for giving us a little bit of it and for yeah. hanging out with the whole YA crew that's yes. listening via the podcast. Um, hopefully we'll be able to see you soon and and come together wait. and worship Jesus together and, and hang out because I miss it, man. Yeah. Dude, I have like in my head a running list of the songs we will sing when we first come back together. <laughs> and they're all bangers. Yes. <laughs> it's going awesome. to go off. But <laughs> love you guys so much. Love I miss you. YA so much. Yeah, thank you for your time, man. We talk love you, you so much. All right, talk to you soon, guys. Bye. Bye. Man, what an awesome, what an awesome thought um, that yeah. Corey got to share. That honestly, and it's so cool because getting to know to know a lot of the people that we've talked to, everybody that we've talked to today is the same. But specifically with somebody like Corey, who you know we get to see in a very visible position, right? Um, and I know this is true for our entire worship team and, and honestly leadership at Red Rocks as a whole, who you see kind of on the stage with the lights is just the smallest fraction so small. of who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, they're humble, kind, willing to do anything behind the scenes yeah. from taking out trash, uh, taking people to coffee, investing yeah. in people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool to see somebody who, from a world standpoint, has a lot of influence and and yeah. stuff really talk about um, the emptiness of that unless you're following Jesus and loving yeah. people well. Yeah. I like still remember when me and Conrad were about to launch Evergreen Youth and we were in this tiny little barn up in Evergreen. And I remembered Corey up on one of those, what do you call it? Like you, ladder. Ladder, things. but it was yeah. remote. Anyways, he was up on that thing at midnight hanging lights, stringing lights to make it our barn. <clears throat> something so special for our launch date and for students to come in and feel like it's a cool environment and space. And I remember thinking like, wow, he is special. Like God's going to use him to do great things. Yeah. And then I love just kind of, he briefly mentioned just having influence comes when you just have open hands yeah. saying, I'm not going to fight for 
this, if it comes awesome, if it doesn't, I'm still going to love God and he's still going to have my back and he's still going to make my dreams um, flourish into what he, the plans he has for me. And so I just love what Corey said. Thank you so much again, Corey, for the words that you shared to our young adults. Yeah, I love you, man. So good. Well, hey, um, we are wrapping up today's podcast. But before we do, we wanted to make one final phone call. I'm the last person that we're going to call today, I believe, not only is just a fountain of wisdom, um, but he's actually the lead pastor of our church. Um, Sean Johnson wanted to give us just a little piece of his advice um, when it comes to maybe navigating your 20s, something that he would have liked to uh, share with himself, you know, at, at his younger self. So, Wit, give him a call. Right. Let's see if he answers. Let's do it. He's a busy guy. So, let's see what happens. Hello, Sean. Sean. How are you doing, man? What's up, guys? What is going on? Hey, welcome to the Young Adult Podcast. You made it. Hey, thank. You know what? I've arrived. I have finally arrived. <laughs> you have officially made it. We tell people you can do a lot of big things in this world, but until you're on the podcast, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> well, I am absolutely honored. Hey, I'm about to drive through a dead zone, so if I lose you, it'll only be for a few seconds. Okay. Um, what do you want to happen? Not much, man. Not much. Um, so we are doing this podcast where we are talking about what I wish I knew in my younger twenties. Um, looking back, you know, like Whitney and I, Andrew, we've, we've shared some life. Andrew's actually not here. Um, so Whitney and I were just like, you know what, let's go through the Rolodex of our phone. Let's actually give some, some of our friends, some of our leaders, our mentors, a call and um, kind of pick their brain about what they would, looking back, tell their younger self. And so I wanted to ask you this question, and, and we're kind of wrapping up our podcast with this. If you, could, okay. if you could go back and talk to younger Sean about the plan that you dreamed of and envisioned for your life versus the plan that God has had for your life and the story that God's allowed you to walk into and step into, which was so different than what you saw mm -hmm. for yourself when you were younger. Man, yeah. what advice would you give to somebody who maybe is in a season where they thought they had their life figured out and they just feel God moving them into something maybe totally different mm -hmm. than what they had planned for themselves? You know, I think that's a great question, and I love the fact that you guys are talking about this. Um, Whitney, Connor gave me all of about 45 seconds to prepare for this call. <laughs> and so as I was in my car thinking about it, no joke, I came up with four things just like immediately um, that I wish I would have known mm -hmm. when I was in my young 20s. Uh, the first thing is, is I wish I would have submitted fully to God faster. Mm. That's so um, good. I, even, I grew up going to church a little bit, but I always knew about Jesus. The truth is I always sort of saw God as a principal. Yeah. And at some point, if I actually go to his office, I'm just going to get in trouble. And if he actually has a plan for my life, it's not going to be fun. Yeah. And so I really had this philosophy in my own mind. I really didn't talk about it, but it was like, I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do me as long as possible. And then later in life, when it surely it gets boring anyways, then I'll connect with God. 
Mm. Yeah. And what I, what I didn't understand was fully submitting to God and actually coming to the end of myself and going, okay, God, my life is yours. You set the course was actually the beginning of the greatest parts of my life. And Mm. I just wish I would have known that and made that decision faster. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. The second thing I would have told myself is just to trust him, trust him more. Um, there's part of us that kind of goes, yes, I trust God, but yeah, I got to yeah. have it figured out, especially in your young 20s, right? Because that's when you feel like you're making all these crazy big decisions. The truth is we don't have life experience enough for who am I going to marry and where am I going to live and what am I going to major in and am I going to go back to school and do I buy something? Do I move? And I, I, I never really allowed myself to have a whole lot of peace and joy in the moment because I spent my whole young twenties looking over the proverbial proverbial fence, worried about what was coming around the corner. And the truth is, it's kind of like what you said in in your opening remarks. We don't have a clue what's coming around the corner and our perception of control, I think steals away the joy of today. Um, I think I would have enjoyed my twenties so much more if I would have just, actually believe what the Bible says, that he has a plan for my future, plans to prosper me, not to harm me, to give me a hope and a future, and I can rest in that. And I wish I would have just rested in that a little bit better, trusted a little bit more, allowed myself to enjoy the process. Yeah. Um, That's so good. I, you know, it's so easy to spend time, especially in your 20s, so worried about what's next. And from who I married to where I lived, to what I now do for a living in my young twenties, I wouldn't have said any of those things would be my life. And now they all are. And they're the best parts of my life. And I could have just relaxed and enjoyed the process, but I spent every day worrying about something that I couldn't even control. So I would have told myself, trust more, submit faster, have, have allow my, give myself permission to enjoy the process and I think the last thing, guys, is I would have allowed myself to be more confident. Mm. I think that's um, really, I think that's, talk about that, because that's really key. I think so many young adults that I talk to um, are so hesitant in life, because like you said, your 20s, you just graduated college, and you're hit with, where do I live? What career do I go to? Do I get yeah. in a serious relationship? Yeah. And it's like, how do I have any confidence in any one of these decisions that feels like could alter my entire life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. man, if you well, could speak what? to that, that'd be yeah. so good. Yeah, you know, there's some lingo that we use in church a lot. And, and again, I didn't get saved until my young 20s. So the first stuff I started hearing was about, you know, this plan that God has for you. And I always attach that to a very specific career, a very specific person, a very specific city. Of, um, and, 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 and it was like, well, if I make the wrong decision, then I've screwed my whole life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the truth is God's plan for me was to love him, to love people where he puts me, to walk day by day, trusting that as I spend more and more time in his presence, I'll more and more understand where he wants me to go next, to get close to him, to reach lost people where he puts me. Like that's his plan for me. Mm-hmm. And as we do that, life kind of starts to unfold but I was so worried that every decision was going to be like so game changing. And I was super hesitant. And then you feel like, well, you're young, 
you know, I haven't been saved all that long or I'm just a kid and I couldn't possibly. And the truth is in my young twenties and everyone listening right now in your young twenties, if you put your faith in Jesus, the spirit of the creator of the universe lives inside of you. And that Holy spirit will literally guide you into some of the biggest decisions you'll make, but he'll do so when you just spend time in his presence and pursuing him first. Right? That's why that verse is so key. Like speak me first mm. and I'll add all these other things. Under you. So if I know I'm seeking him first, I don't have to worry about if I mess up by choosing a B or C because a, he's going to guide me. But B, if I make the wrong decision, he'll, gently nudge me back towards the right one. Yeah. Um, he'll bless the decision I make. And I remember I was so nervous when we were going to pick a city to start Red Rocks Church. Mm-hmm. And I called a pastor friend of mine and I was like, dude, I don't know what to do. I got five cities in mind. I have no clue. And he told me this story. It was really weird. He goes, one time when I was little, my dad took me to Target and we went to the Lego aisle and I stood there for like 20 minutes because I just couldn't, I couldn't pick one. I was frozen with fear over the choices, which is where we spend a lot of our young 20s. Yeah. And he's like, and my dad said to me, he goes, son, just pick whichever one you like. I'll get you that one and you're going to love it. Mm. He was like, don't, don't stress so much about the city because whatever city you go to, you're going to love God and you're going to love people and you're going to be in his will and he's going to bless it in crazy ways. And so start walking with some confidence, knowing that the creator of the universe spirits in you you have, a, you have a sharp mind. You've been given a sound mind. Mm-hmm. And you can make big decisions with confidence, knowing that God's going with me, whether I go right or left. Yeah. And as long as I'm trying to pursue God's will, man, I can be totally confident. God knows we're fallible. God knows we screw things up. God knows we don't always understand. So as long as I'm trying to pursue his will, I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to make a decision and walk confidently, knowing that God's in me and walking with me. And we can have confidence in the middle of crazy decisions, even in our young 20s. Yeah. Sean, I would love to know, um, if you have time, if you've had like that full circle moment, you talked about submitting to God quicker and trusting him more. Is there like a story that you have in your mind right now that you're like, man, this is God is so faithful in this when I actually submitted this to him? Yeah. So, well, when I was 24, I was taken to church for the first time, like as an adult. Mm-hmm. and it was in Rockford, Illinois, this little podunk city where an old college buddy lived, <laughs> and I literally went down to, and I was sitting in the church. I had cocaine in my pocket. I was a mess in life. I was kind of, I was really struggling with suicidal thoughts, mm-hmm. and this pastor was like, look, if you need God, and you're actually ready to submit, come down to this altar. It was old school. Yeah. And so like, I smelled like smoke. I had drugs on me. Like I was not the average church goer. And I am, you know, humiliatingly at the moment, I felt humiliated. I walked down to this altar and I kneeled down and I was just like, God, I'm sorry. And I'm yours. Mm -hmm. And I had no clue what was going to (laughs) happen. And then like, I blinked, I lived in LA at the time. I blinked and I felt like God was asking me to move away from LA and quit my job and moved to Illinois just to be part of a church, which made no sense. All my friends thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I ended up, I meet my wife there. We in a small group, we have three boys. We moved to Colorado. We plan a church. God does crazy things. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years ago, I got invited back to speak at that church. Wow. And I stood up on that church stage 
And I'm literally like looking down at the floor where at 24, I submitted my life to God and said, I have no clue what you could possibly do with me, but I'm yours. Wow. Mm -hmm. And I'm standing on that exact stage, giving an altar call, talking about the goodness of Jesus. And hundreds of people are raising their hands to give their lives to God and their eternities are changed and their families are going to be changed and their kids are going to be changed. And I'm standing there going, how in the world did I get to be a part of something like this? Right. Cause at 24, I had no aspirations. And if you'd have given me every career choice on the planet, I wouldn't have said pastor. Yeah. But and how many years went this, by between those two? Um, that was probably, let's see. Probably almost 20. Yeah. Wow. Patience. And, That's cool. and it's just crazy to go back and go, oh my gosh, this is where the journey started. And me and my wife had our boys with us and we drove them around the city and we were like, that's our first apartment. When, and it was totally like in the hood where we were so poor and that's where we lived and then that's where we lived. And, and so it was, it was this huge full circle moment of like, that was the room where I learned how to pray. And that was the room where I learned how to read the Bible in. That was the room where I got saved in. Mm -hmm. And 20 years later, God had me actually preaching the gospel in that room and tons of people's eternities were being changed. And I'm like, what? Mm -hmm. And I'm living with the woman of my dreams and have three kids that break my heart because so, I love them so much. And like, it's just unreal. And it was one yeah. of those things where it's like, you, 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 I couldn't have drawn that out on my best day. In your young 20s, most of the time, you can't draw out your future on your best days, but you can submit to God. Mm. And you can get close to God and you can rely on his spirit to give you confidence in the middle of tough decisions. And what happens is it happens every time. It's, I mean, you could, you know, you guys could call up a hundred people today and you'll hear the same thing. I never would have thought what God was going to do. I submitted to him and look what happened. Yeah. Mm. Wow. That is, that is so encouraging. And I, and I just think, you know, I've seen that in small little glimpses in my own life. And so yeah. If you're a young adult out there and you're listening to this, um, maybe God's throwing you in a totally different direction than you always pictured yourself. Um, take Sean's advice to heart. Like looking back, when you say yes to God, you might not always know what your next step or your five-year, your 10-year plan will be, but you know God is good. You know that he's faithful and his plans for you could far out like exceed anything you could ever ask imagine or dream of on your own and so sean thank you so much for sharing that to our listeners to our audience yeah um we love you so much any any last thoughts any last uh things you want to say to the to the yayers <laughs> of red rocks church uh you know i just love you guys i love you guys so much um don't let anybody tell you you're the future of the church you're the church right now you're the move yeah. of god right now and, uh, man, I love you and I believe in you and, uh, man, just keep going for God. Yeah. That's awesome. So good. I Sean. thought you were going to give the Justin Bieber story. Maybe that'll be next time. I thought that was your full circle oh, moment. That's hilarious. <laughs> yes, that was definitely full circle. Next time. So why airs? They never invite me to do this stuff. So tell them they should invite me more often because I promise you a Justin Bieber story. All next right. Time I'm invited. Cliffhanger. Right. Done. Done. <laughs> Sean, thank you Love so you much for so your much. time. Love you. Love you. Have Bye. a good one. Bye-bye. Wow. How amazing was that? It's it's so cool to see that the pressure's off. You yeah. know, when you submit your life to God, when you give God 
your life. You might be in a season right now in your young 20s where you went to school to be a doctor or you studied to be, uh, I don't know, a financial advisor or whatever, and you feel God pulling you in a different direction and you're kind of like having this crisis moment of, of what do I do? My, my whole life has been geared in this direction and now it's pointing towards this direction. Follow God, trust yeah. him and, and step into that season with confidence, knowing that he loves you. He cares for you way more than you could ever imagine that he does. And like Sean was saying, he has nothing but good in store for you. Yeah, I love that. Such a good word. He's our leader. Pray for him. Pray for his family. Yeah, and it's he been does, so fun today. He does such a great job leading this church. Um, yep. And I know genuinely, he loves you guys. He loves young adults, and so mm-hmm. we have had the opportunity to hear from a lot of different people today, from Austin, Texas, all the That's way right. to Missouri, <laughs> um, and then a couple good friends um, close at home. Um, that is the podcast for today. We love you guys so much. Be sure on whatever platform you listen to, to subscribe. And if you feel like this podcast could bless somebody that you know, a friend, a family member, share it with them. Um, We love you guys so much. We've got some really cool podcasts and stuff with YA in store ahead in the next couple weeks. So be sure to stay tuned. We love you guys so much. Have a good one.